Welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. Kyle Baker's Plastic Man monthly series is going to be under the microscope today. A little business ahead of time, though. Jimmy and I are comic book makers ourselves. The uh, Christmas season is rapidly approaching. And if you're quick enough, you're going to be able to get some of our crazy comics for gifts for those who, uh, who dig our stuff. First off, we're looking at the Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive trade paperback collection. Collects all of Jimmy's image comics street angel comics uh, from those hardcover albums as well as a couple of seasonal comics a christmas special halloween special and uh some some backup materials and, and extra artwork included here in uh these pages man all together uh jimmy correct me if i'm wrong man but i think these are selling out at a rapid clip Buy this if you see it, because we are getting near, near, very close to the end of this print run. And uh, with paper shortages being what they are, and Ed, you can fill us in on that, um, it could be a while before you can, uh, you can get your copy of this. So pick it up when you see it. Fantastic package, chock full of solid, solid, solid comic books. And uh, you could do far worse to spend your money on something like this, man. Highly recommended. Uh, the paper shortage is a real thing, and Red Room Trigger Warnings has gotten pushed back because of the queues at the uh, the, the print facilities. Uh, it was going to come out in December, but now it's going to come out in uh, February. And uh, there was a ransomware attack at, at Diamond that prevented a lot of orders from coming in. So I do think that this is going to be a scarce comic, and it's going to go quick. Uh, I wanted to sell out on day one. These are the variant incentive covers that go along with that. There goes the homegirl Peach did her cover, but the standout right here is that Jim Rugg, Zap Comics, Zero cover, man. That uh, These have been accounted for. Uh, if you see them, make sure you scoop them up as ASAP because there's not going to be other versions of that. Uh, Jimmy and I have link trees in the description below this video where you can pre order, pre-order our comics, check out our Patreons, see all the behind-the-scenes material that we have at those destinations. And without further ado, man... Let's crack open this uh, this plastic man. Whenever uh, this came out, whenever we really first started hanging out yes. back in uh, 2004, I think we started hanging out like 2003. And uh, Comic Shop News, that little like weekly gimmick that would be uh, right outside the door of Phantom of the Attic, like this was promoted heavily. Kyle Baker is back. He's doing some superheroes, and it's going to be a monthly comic done by one guy. I have to see what that looks like. That's a crazy schedule. How is that possible? It's also around uh, the time, like he's doing work with like Aaron Magruder and there's like the famous, I think it was like, was it from a comics journal interview or something like that where Kyle Baker is breaking down his process, like working with other people and say like Magruder and is uh, talking about like getting scripts from these dudes and is like, you want, you want 13 henchmen with pinstripe suits. Every line is money, man. Every line is time. I will give you six goons with no pinstripes. That's right. Two buttons on the suit, not three. <laughs> like, uh, if you want to pay me an extra $300 a page, $500 a page, you'll get your pinstripes. And with that kind of economy, one has to have that kind of mindset like that to be able to do a monthly comic. You have to know what the important bits are in your storytelling in order to meet this kind of schedule. And I think this first issue has more than your, your, your standard amount yeah, of pages. Yeah, it's oversized. Baker's such a fascinating cartoonist because I think he worked with Howard Chaikin early in his career. And, you know, Chaikin, another guy who's smart about, like, 
economy of putting this stuff together. And, you know, especially if you're doing it all yourself, like you really can't fool around. You don't get a second draft, all this stuff. But if you look at Baker's credits, like there are books that he inked. There are books that he just penciled. There are books that he penciled and inked and colored in some cases. Like it's a guy who was doing a lot more in comics than your typical comic book artist did uh, throughout his career. Um, and, you know, we've shown some of like stacks of his work where it's like Dick Tracy movie adaptation that's fantastic. But really, like he's got this whole range of you pull out his catalog, you'll be shocked by not only the volume of material that he's made, but also the range from very comical, cartoony kind of stuff to straight ahead superhero, you know, looks like a monthly superhero book. So interesting cartoonist won't be the last time we look at his work but this is fascinating because it's all digital yes and at a time whenever comics weren't really uh going this digital yet and especially like a dc monthly superhero comic books did not look like this at the time big shouts to joey cavalieri editor at dc comics around around this time because he uh facilitated a lot of interesting material when you have you are swimming upstream at Marvel in DC if you have ideas that deviate from the norm and Cavalieri was able to see a couple of really cool projects through uh, he brought like Pete Bag on the scene mm -hmm. was the editor on comics like Sweatshop might have did that like oh yeah comic uh, that 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 Bag and Gilbert Hernandez did but when you say Hernandez then I start thinking Shelley Bond so I have, right, to, look yeah. at, look, I have to look at the credits there uh, did Cavallari do the Bizarro? He did, comic? which was like a bunch of the alternative guys you'd see at SPX or something in the early 2000s, um, probably SVA graduates, uh, but brought on all of these guys that were not doing Marvel DC comics at all and uh, and gave them the platform to use some DC characters and, and did these big, a couple of volumes of uh, Bizarro comics. He did what he could, man. Like, he even wanted to get that Dan Klaus cover, the, like with the Mort Weisinger era, like Bizarro kind of cover, but you know you could imagine that the editorial at hand were like how about we get uh one of those weird uh you know Sim simpsons jo jobber guys to draw something that has the matt graining stamp on it <laughs> uh that might sell a little bit better but uh we also heard joey cavalieri's name come up in the uh scott mcleod shoot interview whenever scott mcleod was uh like an intern working there at dc taking his lunch breaks to to go run over to a japanese bookstore checking out manga, and it turns out that Joey Cavallari's there, too, like, did you know about this stuff, too? No, I didn't know about this. Holy <laughs> yeah. fuck, this is what comics can be? Yeah, it's a good, I'm glad you gave him a minute of shine there, because it is, it does stand out whenever these editors are looking outside of the normal range. Can we jump right in uh, Do at it. this point, man? Because, uh, like, when we get into this comic, the romp that it is, the slapstick that it is, it feels like cool world or something like these bouncy over the top kind of characters like like from roger rabbit where they're pushing the cartoon language far to like tex avery and that kind of space than even jack cool could have ever imagined i was gonna say like i wonder if how intentional it is to separate yourself because jack cool casts a long shadow and i realize and you know that's that's decades before this but at the same time like nobody else had made plastic man work except cool that's so when you right. thought of plastic man as good comics it's jack cool that you're going up against so smart choice to go as far in the opposite direction as possible so, sounds like you made that same mistake that i did man go to the flea market and getting those 1970s plastic mans <laughs> and being like what what is right. this crap um 
he's lettering this himself too. Yes, it's worth is. pointing out. Uh, oh, the, the complete kit and caboodle, man. This is this is a this is a Kyle Baker comic. We criticize digital lettering all the time. This lettering looks pretty good to me. Yeah, I think it works quite well. Yeah, for sure, man. And and he he's an interesting letterer because of stuff like Cowboy Wally and some of those other yeah. uh, Piranha Press works where you know the lettering's floating underneath or above and separated from the panel. Like he he's he's a thoughtful uh, cartoonist. And with that in mind, we have this very syncopated moment in uh, Plastic Man where we start right off, man. And he, <laughs> Kyle Baker's having fun. Like, let's, you know, let's sit at this garish red table and talk about our plans <laughs> or whatever. Dropping pepper uh, just so that we could get a sneeze joke <laughs> that that sort of takes uh, a couple of pages to, to unfold as you just see that garish red plastic table just distorting more and more and more as our guys are hatching their plan and do enjoy these these uh thugs just kind of like pantomiming and just leaning in and being huge in their motions always always moving always acting always doing some stuff <laughs> in order to build to the moment when he starts to get the sound effect lettering that that's where I see the uh, the break the chain, mm. Kyle Baker letterer showing up, man. This is a great gag too. So once he blows up and they realize it's Plastic Man, they shoot him. You see the bullets stretch and then fling back out as they ricochet off of him. It's so good. And then you know the Kyle Baker who's like, I'm not going to give you all that many pinstripes. He'll cut and paste the guy a couple of times, and it's you know it's highly effective for that kind of like rhythmic storytelling. We also talk about like negative space of a page and open panels, something that you don't see very often in, in a lot of comic books. You get you get that here. Yeah, yeah, it's a very airy comic in that way, and uh, you know he's he's giving you a little filigree, a little bit of like spot color, to to also, you know, keep keep the page interesting. And you know that's straight gag cartooning. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and then and then you get these moments like this is this is comic books this is the <laughs> this is the kind of shit that like as a as a cartoonist who's trying to like figure out how how to properly proportion arms and stuff like that like how do you get how do you get a guy with like arms this small you know how, how does charlie brown open up a door fuck it it's it's cartooning man extend that arm who, <laughs> who gives a shit it's so funny it's so funny to fit this kind of stuff in it is it 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 brings back to like we did the the golden helmet and there's just one off panel where uh where donald just bounces his head into a wall for no like it's just boing that's i wonder that's if that moment. Is, if he's writing and drawing this at the same time because i don't know how you do this gag in a script mm. Right? That would be a really strange thing to read in text. Like, you've almost <laughs> got to be drawing it like this and be like, oh, that's funny. Okay, more bullets. Here we go. Oh, I, sure, yeah. I mean, I would, I would, I would bet that, that the scripts that he turns in are, like, you know, some batted out on typing paper. Are these finished pages? <laughs> Here, Joey, here's the next issue. Yeah, because you get stuff like this, and it's like, you have to kind of have pages like this in order to, to like, meet that monthly schedule. What are you going to do? But it's... It's fun to look at. It's very fun. Uh, you know, making himself into like that that crossbow kind of thing. It's it's also the, you know, like one, two. It's just these gags. It's set up and punchline uh, and payoff, you know, same page, same it, sequence. And it has, like, if you have a character like Plastic Man, 
you better exhaust yourself of every idea you can imagine when it comes to you know, stretching the figure. I like the flat color that's used on a lot of these things too. You know, Plastic Man, that's all flat color. Yeah. Very much in line with like a cell animation approach. And with this, the cell animation approach, you see, you would see often on uh, on a lot of stuff where the holding lines would be a darker version of the color that is contained within. So there would be like a sepia for Caucasian skin, and then you would have like the, you know, the peach color underneath. And he's using that approach here also. It does stand out though in weird ways, like when you have like the wood or whatever, because this looks like more of a focal point, which makes total sense in a situation like this, where it's like, yeah, we want to sell you on, we want you to notice this wood. So if memory serves, there was a Plastic Man animated series in the works by like Spumco, I think, around this time. Is that, I mean, I wonder if that's what triggered the publication of this comic. I don't know anything about any of that, but Spumco came to mind when I saw a lot of this right. imagery. That's what I was thinking, because this is, this does feel like a departure for Kyle Baker when you look at his body of work before this. Mm -hmm. And it feels like, you know, if that wood isn't quite right, like maybe he's learning some of this stuff on the fly too, like figuring out like what the language is for all of the things he's doing in here and inspired by a potential tie into a cartoon that I don't think it was ever picked up. I think there's a pilot that you can, that you can watch, but like, doesn't that look Spomko-ish? Totally. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I've thought about it several times, you know, like anytime plastic man really gets distorted it kind of feels like it or you know we see like even this this character is uh what's his sidekick's name you know like woozy even, winks even he looks like a spumco character at times yeah <laughs> i always liked in, in old comics like they weren't shy about having like bum jokes and stuff you know what's hilarious one of the worst plays in nfl history is is uh, a jets quarterback running into his own yes. lineman and fumbling <laughs> it's this <laughs> So we get our uh, dispatching of the of the villains over the course of a bunch of pages, and then we spend. This is a very weirdly paced comic in so many ways. So that little chase sequence, that opening sequence, lasted ten pages or so, and now we're going to get these glimmers of the high life of of plastic man where they aren't necessarily panels that that bleed into each other but as a as a whole they communicate the the rich and beautiful life of uh of, of plastic man man i love these character designs too just throwaway characters Come polka in. dots on, on you know on his sidekick it's it's a funny like the whole visual approach is is pretty interesting it is and then I get here, and I'm like, yeah, Tomura, Tomura Hanuka did a graphic. Like, what? Like, I gotta, I need to get my hands yeah. on this. Don't, don't get too excited, right? <laughs> Turn the page, and then you see what it is. And this is the interior. Yeah, we're getting a preview that is sprinkled with ads. Like, you so can't even ads. show us a couple of preview pages for your series you're plugging without filling that with ads. And and they and they squeeze it so small, so you you can't even. Well, the smaller the better. Is, yes, is my thinking on this. This is like a double-sized comic, but but it's maybe there isn't double-sized pages. Yeah, it's probably like twenty-eight pages or something. <laughs> There's definitely a lot of extra ad pages. Yeah, Quitus interrupt this man. 
I, I was looking at this and I was thinking, and I, I don't know who draws this, so hopefully it's not, not someone I'm friends with that I'm, that I'm offending <laughs> here. But you know, to go from Plastic Man to this is one, it's extremely jarring. And this is way more typical of what a comic book looked like in, in 2004. Totally. Um, but how much do I prefer Plastic Man after seeing this? Totally. It's so much more interesting and just feels more pleasant to my eyes. Now we're gonna get uh, some some flashback here. Yes. Some origin story important in the uh, in the beginning. We need to get our guy asleep, and he you get to say like he's he's fearful of sleeping, or more accurately, he's fearful of dreaming. So we're getting we're launching back into his his previous lifestyle. It was in comics by Les Daniels, which which reprinted a, a Jack Cole story talking about the origins of Plastic Man as uh, as Ill O'Brien. Uh, which I always uh, it's was that was that the name that Klaus used? Like no. I used Stash Gillespie, and who was it the was other Eel guy? Somebody, it might have been Eel O'Brien. That's funny. <laughs> That's hilarious. Hey, how much fun does it look like Kyle Baker's having with Eel O'Brien's character design? Absolutely, man. These perfect lines, like he builds that, his face that like ass chin. It's <laughs> just lean into it as hard as you can. That physiognomy, man. Like like that face is not the face of a good guy. Mm -mm. And he's a gang leader. And look at these, like, Ed, Ed, and Eddie douchebag minions that he has with him. It's almost a serious polyp going yeah. to get away driving. This is almost like the uh, Joker origin, by the way. Very similar. Yeah, even the vat of acid getting in his wounds. <laughs> and then ends up with, like, with Friar Tuck. So peculiar. That's another one of those, like the cartooniness of how he's drawing feet on this guy walking around. It's just no legs at all. And it's like, you look at it. It shouldn't that, work. It shouldn't work, but the best of cartoony cartoonists know how to like balance the weight in the figures. And it almost always like hinges on where you put those goddamn weird feet. And every single one of these characters is, is just balanced so perfectly. There's more of that kind of Spumco feel. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so he's waking up and he's just like, what has happened to me? I'm yawning and I'm banging both both you know <laughs> sides of the room with my hands. And when we start getting into this, like stuff is getting muddy. He like Baker does this a lot where there are these like these weird colors that are butted on top of each other. And it makes me think that it doesn't look like that on his computer monitor. Yeah, it could be. It's also like if you if you look, he's using sort of a different brush and stuff for the background. Yeah, um, kind of similar again to uh, animation, right? If yeah. you're if you're doing like sponge painting and stuff on the background, and Scott Morse would do a couple of fill-in issues of this series where like I think it's kind of keeping it in that mentality of like we are going for this animated look, and you know the digital is just an aid for that. Um, but I think like I like how he's handling the line as like the line is just a uniform line weight, something you can do digitally pretty easily. And then your backgrounds don't have that line. Fantastic page. You know that's an homage, right? Yeah, yeah, to, yeah. To the great R. Crumb uh, stoned again one-page strip that I remember seeing for the very first time as uh, posters and Spencer's gifts when I was a little dude. And then double the, entente there with the. Uh, <laughs> I, I believe it was that. I bet it was that acid. <laughs> <laughs> In that extra bold, right there. Look at that, man. That is fantastic. It really is. That eyeball's like like lifting up like it's a snake head coming away from his head. And we still have that like manila on top of like this gray and it just doesn't it doesn't like I let me see 
what, what it looks like on the monitor because I bet it doesn't look like that. There's a lot of experimentation on these pages, I think. Yeah. And, you know, that's probably one of those examples. Like, I'd be curious to go through this series and see what he looks like on in issue 20 as opposed to issue one. Yeah. There's your chief of police. Amazing. Amazing character design again. All these people would, would pop. All these people. All these characters would pop if you silhouetted them. You would know exactly who you were looking at at all times. <laughs> and then, you know, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta have life, man. You gotta have, have stuff happen. And check out just, like, the crazy, weird fake perspective that would be seen in those was it united artists what was the gene deitch uh mr magoo yeah i don't know U what that animation united, company united is, something right. where they would have these like weird first mm -hmm. perspectives and you know s statues and stuff would not abide by that perspective uh so here's a confession for you yeah. when this came out i hated it Oh, really? Yeah, I picked up the first issue whenever it was released and was just so like, what is this? Why is he drawing this way? Um, the digital stuff was so different at the time. You know, like like now, this feels like what books look like, you know, give or take certain elements. The palettes there and stuff. There are a lot of these pieces that I think became common. But at the time, this was not at all was I, what I was buying. Yeah, you know, there was a little pushback against, like, Kyle Baker just in general, like, at, at that moment, pretty much for that for that piece when he was talking about like i you i can't give you freckles this villain is not going to have freckles like i remember those were like legit right. examples he's not going to have freckles because now you know he's six panels a page over 70 pages that's a lot of freckles that's a lot of penmanship that you're not paying me for and just the way he was breaking it down but that was also that era too of like post james kachalko craft is dead talk where there was a bifurcation of people who were like still very firmly planted like we saw that tomer hanuka piece i would i would put him more firmly in like the Klaus burns craft camp and then there was like the next generation of guys who were like loosening up a little bit and it was about just get the thing done like just express your idea like the james kachalka and, and like 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 those you know more spare kind of cartoon the people who like made room for like adventure time look in energy and stuff like that it's this a, is all happening right around that same moment it's a really interesting time period because 04 is whenever we start to get like the rise of the graphic novel into the bookstores yeah. that's when manga took over the bookstores where they'd have like an aisle or two of manga and tokyo pop was was big and stuff it was a real strange time web comics it had it, it popped up at that point where like there were platforms that were web comic specific and had had some followings and stuff so you had like Instead of just alternative and mainstream, and by mainstream, I mean superhero comics, you know, owned by the company, uh, you had like maybe five or six different camps that it, were all on the scene at this point. Yeah. It might be interesting to look at that Kyle Baker interview as a future uh, Comics Journal interview to, to, to check through, because there's some, you know, that, that that's some conversation that isn't typical in those interviews. Was it a Comics Journal interview? K I K think Papers, it was. Where was it? Where was it? Because, I mean, well, yeah, of course, we should we should unpack that. It was It was a profound conversation that that uh was something that we talked about it at, at uh comic conventions all the time yeah and, and which was is rare now like there just isn't like the singular interview that shows up and like everybody's read it and now we can talk about it like that was that was right at the end of where like you know it's the comics journal you, we all read it or you know what the last one might have been uh it was around that same time was the uh, ivan brunetti where he was philosophizing about storytelling and he's the guy who said you know that wally wood 22 panels that always work those are 22 panels that don't work. 
Anyhow, that's, that's how you do it. That's how you make waves. Oh, man. Imagine if Twitter was around <laughs> with that. What do you mean it doesn't work? Blah, 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 blah. I feel like Ha would have been a bigger problem for Ivan Brunetti with Twitter than, uh, <laughs> than Wally Wood. And, and by problem, you mean he's going to make a lot of money, man, by exploiting people's bitch-ass emotions. A another book that maybe we'll look at one day. Let's get out of here, man. K Fabers, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell. We'll notify you when new vids are available. Jimmy Wood is out there. Join me on Patreon.com slash Jim Rugg where you can download a bunch of my out-of-print zines and mini-comics. You can see a lot of my original art, scripts, layouts, how I make the comics I make at Patreon.com slash Jim Rugg. Red Room, the anti-social network trade paperback in stores today, man, but it is going quick, man. So if you see it, scoop it up right away. Uh, trigger warnings, Red Room, issue number one, going to be coming out in February instead of December because of that uh, paper shortage. And uh, there was that ransomware attack at uh, at Diamond that prevented some, some orders from coming in. So this is going to be a scarce issue, and I want that thing selling out on day one. Pre-order it at my link tree in the description below this video. Get it put on your pull list at your local comic shop. Uh, we do have link trees in the description below these videos, man. So hit those up. You can get to our Patreons and stuff. What else, Jim? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise like this uh, Hot Rod reference uh, available in the links below this video. All right, man. Give them those merchandise. We're going to be on our way. Read more comics.